Welcome to as as Kendall <laughs> takes a shot. Uh, welcome to let's talk about, about gay, gay stuff. stuff. It was Dayquil. <laughs> it was Dayquil. He's oh, how's your Dayquil? How's your cold? He's got a cough. Um, <coughs> we're the podcast where we talk about gay stuff and discuss the week in LGBT history. Woo! Let's talk about gay stuff. Oh, you just had a shot of Fireball, so we could do, like, uh, Pitbull. Let's talk about gay stuff. All right, not that kind of show. Okay. All right. All right. We are Thomas. Tony. Kendall. All right. And this week, we're reviewing the week of December 1st through December December the 7th. Oh, God. We're in for a long podcast. I didn't even have a shot of Fireball. He's not even sure what it is. And we'll discuss Bette Midler, Queer as Folk, and Hawaii and their gay marriage laws. Um, before we get into our, our key key, um, last week was Thanksgiving, so hopefully everyone had a good Thanksgiving with their family and friends. Um, it's one of those things, it's an interesting holiday for the gays, because either you're coming out to your family, or you're spending it with your gay family and at yeah. the bar on Wednesday night. I think that Wednesday before Thanksgiving is one of the most popular days to go When are you out. going to the lake? So, uh, Thursday or Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thursday. Okay. So, it's one of the biggest days. Yes. Well, because for us, Thanksgiving hasn't happened yet. Right. Well, but I'm just saying, yeah. in in uh, but notionally, so it's it's the day that the, the gays. But also, I just remember in college it was a big time because everyone was home from school and you hung out with all your high school friends and whatever. But I would say with too, your hung high school friends. So the small town that I'm from, Thursday night is a huge night at the bar because everyone spends all day with their family just and they're like, get, the fuck get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> Let me go to the bar Thursday night. Yeah. So hopefully everyone had a good Thanksgiving and uh, over eight and. Uh, um, glass sure of wine or two. Yeah, yeah, make sure you're running off them calories, girl. Speaking of, Tony, found time for the grinder in your hometown. Tony, we got yeah. a half marathon coming up, huh? Yeah. All right, you're gonna do it. Yeah, I'm putting I on, yeah. All right, he's on the record, folks. Although Tony does San Antonio the time, so. half marathon. San Antonio half marathon. If you're in San Rock Antonio, give us a shout out. And that, your sister's gonna do. My sister's gonna do her first one. It's gonna be her birthday. Woo. She's turning the big. Oh, wait, oh it is week, her birthday. Uh, on the fifth. So, oh, nice. so happy okay. birthday, Veronica. Hope you have enjoying a great uh, birthday. Um, and we'll see you at the finish line. Well, I'm running with her, so it'll be it'll be fun. I'm excited for her to do. Our that first is exciting. One. Yeah, so it's very cool. So before we get into our, our topics this week, uh, anything fun, good reads, good, uh, good happenings this week? Well, you know, Kendall is obsessed with that Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh, did you? So have you this gone week then? he was. Like, I want to be one of those people that murders somebody for. <laughs> so for like one day this line. week he was like, get your health care. Oh my god, I can go to Chick Fil A because this week Chick Fil A announced that they were going to stop donating to certain anti-LGBT. Charities. For five minutes, I thought I could have Chick Fil A. Yeah, and then they got so much backlash from the conservatives. They're like, ah. You like the gays? Fuck you. We're not getting Chick-fil-A anymore. So they're like, okay, we'll start donating to anti-LGBT. Well, so like in, in full disclosure, right, they are anti-LGBT organizations. Because it's not like let's kill the gays organizations. Mm. But they're contributing. They said they were going to stop. Kill their lifestyle. They said they were going to stop contributing to Salvation, yeah. Salvation Army and the... Uh, um, well, we don't shop there anyway. Future Christians athletes or something like that, <laughs> both which are uh, support anti-gay. Right. Um, um, rhetoric and causes Plus, and but i do feel too like chick-fil-a never when they every time somebody condemns them for donating to these charities they never come out and say anything they're just like yeah we do yeah well yeah their statement wasn't like we're gonna we're no we're pro lgbt and yeah. we're not gonna we 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 regret some of those past decisions they were like we're not doing that we had an obligation to fill and um, but you know it's interesting because when that came out that they were not going to donate to certain charities 
some people were like, a lot of the gay people were like, oh my God, now I can eat Chick-fil-A. But some people were like, I don't know that I want to go there because they can donate without officially donating through the company and disclosing They're it. trying to have it both ways. They're yeah. trying to say, we're not hateful by still doing Wait, everything Does that make them buy? Or, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, although the Chick-fil-A, again, it's, it's always this thing with the corporate folks and the folks on the line because there are plenty of gay men, I'm sure, gay boys rather, that oh, are sure, working yeah. at Chick-fil-A. I mean, think about it. All those polite You know the guy in that been, cow suit waving on the street corner. Yeah. Saying eat more chicken. So definitely gay. Himself in his suit. But you, because it's like, I mean, how many, uh, you know, polite little gay introvert boys are like, oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, my pleasure. Right. So, yeah. There are other places to pleasure, man. Oh, wait a minute. Hello. We'll talk about that. It's weird how, or not weird, it's interesting how their Chick fil A has turned in this like proxy war for gays and your opinion on gays. Like, gays say they hate it, and Christians, Republicans mostly, put all their like, it's family values and yeah. Christian and all that. So it's like people are fighting through yeah. Chick-fil-A. Ab- Governor Abnett, got Abbott from Texas. I'm like, are you really like he, the couple a couple months ago? Right, he was taking a proud picture of himself with eating Chick-fil-A. Like, oh yeah, standing up for rights. Yeah. And then he tweets, he can't I'm, stand up for rights. He's in a wheelchair. Hello, exactly. You know, he didn't run for governor. He, he rolled for governor. <laughs> that was kind of harsh. Ouch. <laughs> We are ADA compliant and friendly. We we yes. care about our friends with disabilities. Um, but, you know, we don't have to like Governor Abbott, that's for sure, because he's, um, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, so he was all taking, you know, a cheesy smile with uh, with um, with his Chick-fil-A, you know, a couple of months ago. And then now he's tweeting, I'm not going to shop at Chick-fil-A. Or, he's like, know, I'm not I, eating there he, anymore. No, what he said was, I want Bill Miller, which is a San Antonio chain. And oh. that guy was out. I miss for, Chick-fil-A, though. For... Uh, being a Trump, I relapsed a few times voter. about a year <gasps> ago. Yeah, oh I do every God. once in a while, probably like twice a year. I never I go liked to it, so it's never been a struggle for me. So. It's never, but been, half the staff is a little gay. High it's never kids. been yeah. much of a struggle for me because I didn't grow up with it, so I'm not like part of this like cult following. Um, I really just discovered it probably the last ten years, and so I do use it as a barometer when I'm on a road trip to see where I want to stop off and go to the restroom. Uh, oh, okay. Or get gas because if there's a Starbucks and a Chick Fil A in that neighborhood, you know it's probably going to be clean, clean restroom. restrooms, and so it's going to be. You know the safe best neighborhood. place to get gas is Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Wow! Mm. Uh, on that note, RuPaul was on the cover of Vanity Fair this uh, recently yeah, this month. Cool. So that's cool. That's a big milestone for the for the gays and RuPaul in her. RuPaul and her drag uh, persona, so that was uh, fun to see. I mean, I don't got anything other than that, but I was just thought it was a cool thing. I sent you guys yeah, a, a, cool, a yeah. link of her message, like uh, yeah, all done, a big thing, yeah. done by Annie Leibovitz. So she was done right on the cover. Uh, although hopefully she doesn't have the same uh, trajectory as Beto O'Rourke after he was on Vanity Fair because he uh, oh, crashed and burned. Um, I think that was overplayed for Beto, but whatever. Uh, we won't go into too much presidential politics because we talked about that before, but. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for Mayor Pete, see what happens to him. He's leading the polls in Iowa and New Hampshire. Um, so I mentioned that because he is I do feel like LGBT candidate. You know, because he's gay. He gay. But it, like, it is awesome that I feel, I mean, this is the first election where you have a gay person that's really seriously considered. You have a few women that are very seriously considered. Lindsey I mean, Graham ran last time. Hey, <laughs> come on. Oh. He was a non-issue. No, but I, I do feel like all of these... Two percent. Two percent. Like, these candidates, it's like the first time in history that I feel like all of them are being seriously considered, even though they're 
that diverse. Yeah, no, it's a pretty. Yeah. The, the Dems have a very diverse slate of candidates. You got Julian, you say representing Latinos. You've got yep. uh, Tulsi, who's you know Hawaiian. Um, you've got uh, um, uh, what you got Pete LGBT. You've got uh, uh, two, two Cory Booker representing the BBC. <laughs> Cory Booker, Ooh. Kamala, African American, and then you've got uh, Marianne Williams, who's from Mars. So. You know. Is she the author? Oh, she's still running. Is she still yeah. running? She's still running. What? She tweeted out during the debate, miss me? <laughs> I kind of want to vote for her. Yeah. <laughs> if, there's a clear, if there's don't, a clear Tony. front runner, no I'm kidding. Don't be that guy, Tony. <laughs> vote, vote smart. Oh, so. my God. Yes. Yeah. If it's one thing I learned <laughs> last night, vote smart. But then, that is awesome yeah. that Mayor Pete's uh, doing so yeah, well. Yeah, so we'll see what happens to him. I know there's you know lots of opinions on Pete, some good, some bad. So we'll, we'll see. What, we'll keep an eye on, on Mayor Pete. We've got two months. The thing is, like, naked first. Those, those polls, like, they're never, um, I mean, they're only as good as the moment that they're taken, right? Yeah, really. Well, he well. loves the polls. He does. He's a poll puffer, <laughs> I think, is the term. Poll puffer. Got no. any other? What are the gay terms? Ready? Go. Top 10. What do you got? Mm-hmm. Pole smoker. Pillow biter. Oh. Pole smoker. What do you got? Come on. Let's go. Pillow biter. Going to hell. Going to hell. <laughs> um, what's that? Disappointment. <laughs> Disappointment. <laughs> Why no, gay ter- general gay terms, not you must, terms. You must have had disowned. A, you must have had a fun Thanksgiving. <laughs> All these terms came back. <laughs> All right, so too real. Anything else going on in the news? I think that's it. There's nothing gay. Absolutely nothing. Oh, speaking of Pete's, though, you were talking about something though. I thought was interesting. Uh, uh, Pete. Uh, oh, Pete from, Davidson from SNL. From SNL, who dated Ariana Grande. Pete admitted to this in an interview recently. Let me say this first: that people either think he's really hot or hideously ugly. And you think he is? And I'm on the side of hot. He's really. I don't hot. think he's hideous. I just, Tony, just think he's very plain. Okay, well, you're the only person according. I to think him. there's a weird. I don't know. He's too young for me. So like, first of all, weird. I've only seen one picture. Too young. Like five minutes like ago. A, <laughs> there's an awkwardness about him that I'm kind of like, is that cute a little bit? It's cute. So, yeah. But in an interview, he said he had a huge crush on. Leonardo DiCaprio when he was a child and he used to jerk off to him. Never did wow. that to Leo though. But this is a straight guy, so you know he's that just to me that goes to show that. But maybe he's like a two or something. He's not like a zero on the on, on the, the spectrum, scale. Yeah. yeah, my whole point is it doesn't mean now people are going to be like, oh, he's bi or does that mean he's gay or whatever? No, it's just he's just a what's with all these labels? With, yeah, right. I mean, and that, I mean to his. Leo did kind of look like a, a girl in those those days. He was a little femme, femme those days. Wait, why are you? Oh, it's gosh, okay if he was jerking uh, off to Leo. Yeah, knowing he was a man. This is true. I've never done that, but yeah. <laughs> I should tell my Just mom. Not Leo. I, need, I need to like start. Uh, mom, like, stop like, listening. Mom, and, like, well, before I say something inappropriate, I was. Mom, like, stop listening for. 30 she seconds. needs to be a guest. I was visiting my mom recently, and she was like, yeah, I really like y'all's podcast, guys. And she's like, but there's some times where she's like, ah, TJ, did you say that? That's what my family calls me. TJ. She's like, did you did you just say that? I shouldn't hear that. La, la, la. I'm like, so now I was thinking I should probably now throw, they call you BJ. I should well, probably throw out like a disclaimer, like, mom, stop listening for 30 seconds. Well, and, you know, some of my friends have been like, oh, yeah, some of the stuff y'all talk about. But then my neighbor, I was talking to her last week, and she goes, that's one thing I like about it, that it's just completely unfiltered. And she's like... I think a lot of people like have done a lot of stuff and probably think the way you guys do. They Tony, just no one cares it. about our vanilla ass. They're here for Kendall. 
like mm, that's why we okay hey girl that's why we spike his uh, even the food by the way they're like uh, wait there are two other people in the podcast what, <laughs> what? <laughs> spencer made some amazing dip i think he spiked it and uh so this will be a he good put one. some vodka in there you know yeah. like vodka sauce and this. <laughs> yeah it's vodka sauce he's like oh it's for cooking uh, and meanwhile I'm it's like a it. russian cheese dip <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else all right. It. Well, let's get into it. Uh, so before we get into it, though, um, are you a small business owner trying to do it all? Take marketing, for example. Nowadays, your business has to have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn account. Who has the time to take pictures, write posts, and get them posted online, let alone like, comment, share, and respond to followers? Don't worry. Economy Works is here to help. Let the Economy Works Talent Network help you do marketing so you can grow your business. Economy Works. When we work, the, the economy, economy works. works. You can Woo. find out more at economyworks.com. Woo-hoo. All right. So, uh, I want to talk to I want to take you guys back to December 3rd, 2000. Uh, not Andre 3000, but I'm going to take you back to 2000. Uh, what was going on in the year 2000 December? December 2000? December I was going to say Y2K, but that was no. George Bush was about to be inaugurated. Yeah, he was after this big old this big Worst controversy. Bush ever had. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it, though, that was a big election, right? That was because eight years of some yeah. bad Bush. Because <laughs> you, you weren't down with that Bush. It was salty, and never mind, we won't go to the... You said he was cute. You like him. When he was you? younger. I thought he was cute, yeah. But that was a big... I mean, it wasn't it, like December 3rd. We knew Bush was going to be president, but, you know, remember Gore won the popular vote. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. And so there was all that back and forth with Florida and the yeah. the hanging chads, the hung chads. Um, oh, God. Wait, huh? Most chads back then were teenagers, though. Nasty. <laughs> Nambla. Nambla. Ooh, Nambla. We're, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so December, uh, what I was trying to do was like put on context like what was happening in 2000. So I was like looking at like, what was out during uh, the music. So I got carried away you. during the research. I was not out, but I was thinking, I was like, how was I not out? Because if you think about all the music that was going on in December 2000, uh, top 10 hits. Anyone want to guess what was going on no. in 2000? Mm-mm, no. Independent women from uh, Destiny's Child. All the women oh. are independent. You had NSYNC saying, This I promise you. I mean, come on. Who didn't have a crush on NSYNC, right? <laughs> Backstreet Boys had a top 10 hit. Um, uh, Dream. You remember the, the girl band Dream? What Dream? He loves I me. Don't. He loves you not. Like all those. Uh, you had Outcast, Miss Jackson, J Lo had just released her "Love Don't Cost a Thing." I was like, "This was." I was screaming in my head. I almost texted my friends Gina and Nicole. I'm like, "Go b- and just look at this oh chart God, because." Gina. And then 20 years later, here she's about to win an Oscar, supposedly. Who Jennifer Lopez? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm, for Selena. <laughs> Finally, she's gonna get it on her. No, Oscar. for that hustler or whatever. No, I mean, I don't see how she's going to beat out Renee Zellweger because Renee was freaking awesome in Judy. Judy. Have you guys seen Judy yet? I have not. I can't believe you haven't seen it. I'm going to wait till I can get on a Chinese hacked pirate account. No, Ben's, Black market. Ben's Vietnamese. He's not You don't Chinese. want to pay like $5 for it when it comes up. <laughs> no. Too much. They're on a budget. So they're trying to get married. So they're on a wedding budget. But anyways, all these things were like, oh, yeah, all the gayness. And I remember, though, there was one show that came out that I was like, I can't watch this because it might make me gay. And I remember seeing it on, like, I was in college at the time. Or do you uh, think it was like too like, oh, people might know I'm gay if I watch that? Well, no, it was just like I was curious to watch it because I was like, but I remember watching it being like, 
Oh, that's interesting. Like it was uh, stirring something in me, and I'm like, okay. "Oh, turn it off! I don't want to see it." Because it was just like, "I'm not gay." And then I, well, what was I, it? I kind of tempted myself, and I was like, "Well, maybe if I watch it, I'll know I'm not." All gay. in the family? Yes, all in the family. Like I can watch it and not be gay. Like I, that's I'm not gonna feel anything. And then if you watch the whole thing, but because the the sequence goes like, I saw like a a, a clip of it, um, and I was like, well, "Can we say what it was?" Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Uh-huh. I saw a clip of the show, and I was like, um. Oh, that's interesting. And then I was like, oh, next, like a week later, I'm like, I'll watch a little bit more of it, see what this thing's about. Really? I'm okay, not gay. Yeah. Then you kind of watch a full episode. I'm like, but you weren't gay because you didn't watch a full episode. And then I watched a full episode. I was like, but I'm still not gay, even though I'm intrigued by all this. But I had to shut it off mentally because I'm like, I can't watch this because I might get, I might get the gay. This movie, this show was on, uh, was a Showtime show that uh, debuted on December 3rd, 2000, Queer as Folk. Do you guys ever watch it? I actually never did. I couldn't afford those premium channels. Oh, Still can. Still can. <laughs> oh, bless you. As oddly enough, Spencer's the only one who watched it. He said he, he watched it kind of all the way through. Like it was it was his. They were reruns. They were reruns. He watched it and watched it in high school. Uh-huh. Oh. Was it Showtime or HBO? It was Showtime. It was on Logo when I watched it. Did it make you oh. gay? No. Who's gay? Who's gay? Wait. Spencer's like Spencer's I was gay? straight till I watched that show. <laughs> and what Showtime noted at the time was it's a brash humor and genuine emotion make up this original series evolving around the lives, lo- lives, loves, ambitions, careers, and friendships of a group of gay men and women living on Liberty Avenue in contemporary Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, it was Queer as Folk. So again, it debuted in, in 2000. And this is a, in the backdrop again. I mentioned kind of what was going on. Like you had this sugar pop business that was i mean we all scream when we hear these songs like yes britney spears but you had bush who was kind of writing i mean at the time i don't think he was advocating for an amendment on we'll get to that later in my topic but but you know his presidency he ran on re-election on like let's pass a constitutional ban on same-sex marriage so that's kind of in the backdrop we've talked about um uh lawrence v texas like that happened in 2003 so this is you know they're putting the show out there where in i think it was like 14 states at the time you could get go to jail for having you know sex, and this show is putting it out there, and yeah. so and stirring all sorts of emotions. It's actually based on a. Wait, British, when was Ellen? She was ninety seven, ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, her show ended in ninety eight, but yeah, it was in. Yeah, so I mean, it's out. like three years after yeah. Ellen. Yeah. Will and Grace was out, but it was like Will and Grace. What we've talked about before. I mean, they were gay because they said they were gay, not because they were doing anything other than Jack being really flamboyant. Well, and I think Ellen, they were like, "You tricked us into thinking this was a family friendly show, and you're going to come out as a lesbian." And middle of it like okay we would have chosen not to yeah watch this yeah boring lesbian show <laughs> about uh fixing things and whatnot but it was based originally on a british uh series that came out on britain's channel four the same same plot you know around gay men they were uh based in uh, manchester and uh and you know they got chided in when the the show debuted in in the, the past tense is chode for chided right is it showed? <laughs> uh, because they because of, it was very in your face. It was explicit language, explicit sex. Uh, you oh, know, really? The, yeah. The first scene that they had uh, was you had a uh, older man in his late twenties, older, uh, but he had sex with a fifteen year old uh, boy. And so everyone, when that show debuted in the in the UK, right? So I'm talking about the UK, the original version. Um, there was lots of controversy from both the gays and the conservative community because in the in the gay world, it was like, yeah. oh, you're promoting all this us being promiscuous and yeah, all yeah. about sex and, and screwing 15 yeah, year olds and, yeah and yeah promoting this 
uh, this one idea of those things is not true that were that were you know were pedophiles and so um, so that was an issue and then of course the conservatives were like well all this gay stuff on TV we don't want to see any of that um, and so that was a big deal but nonetheless Showtime and HBO were interested in the in the show um, and Showtime ultimately won the bid and they were really betting on this show because it was a, a for them, a bid to kind of be racy and something, you know, uh, to get programming that was something better than the traditional uh, lawyer and cop shows that you can find on network TV. So they saw this as a, as a big win because uh, they knew it was going to attract attention. Even if it was bad, they knew yeah. it was going to attract attention. Um, and they immediately picked it up for 22 episodes, which is a big deal. Normally, you do a pilot, you like do one and maybe sign up for like one or two. These guys were making a bet that like we're going to do a 22 episode series on this and we're not going to take anything back because I, I think we're a lot of us know that uh, in the UK and Europe that they're a little bit more lax and liberal with their TV programming. So nudity is not necessarily a big thing. It's yeah. just kind of one something that like it's happened. It's just a titty. Yeah. But here in the U.S., it's like, yes, yeah. it's a titty, even if she's breastfeeding. So it's like it's a big deal. And so there. So what what Showtime decided is like we're going to go with the same script and we're going to push you know, push the envelope just the same way. And so when the exec producer of the show read the script originally, he was like shocked. He's like, well, I can't believe we're going to do that. Like, this is crazy. But yeah, I'm all in. And the other exec producers that eventually signed on. So Rob Cowan and Daniel Lipman, you'll remember these guys are the ones who produced uh, an early frost, which we talked about previously, yeah. the, the uh, TV miniseries uh, or TV um, the made-for-TV mo- movie about HIV in the early 80s, they actually asked to be a part of it. They saw an article in some uh, L.A. magazine where the project was almost going to go, wasn't going to happen. It was like the show that was never, the best show that's never going to be seen. And they were like, we want to be part of this because they knew it was going to be very um, monumental. They knew the success that the UK uh, show was having and they like, we want to be part of it. They promised again to keep the the grit and the controversy and they were committed to telling the stories of contemporary gay men and women. So they set the the show in in Pittsburgh. And so I mentioned the UK version was in uh, Manchester, so not in London. What they were trying to do was get across that I mean of course they could have done it in LA or, or New York. Manchester's or, yeah. very like working class and well that's why they did Pittsburgh they like yeah. they wanted the, they didn't want it to be like oh it's the gays over there they wanted like it New to York, be like yeah. yeah these are people like us and so that you couldn't just you know easily escape yeah, them. Yeah. like oh these people can't be me and they weren't in entertainment they weren't models these guys were just every one was an accountant oh I can't relate <laughs> one was a, a store manager uh, another was a, a guy who couldn't keep a job for more than two months and I so, can relate now yeah. So that was the point. I mean, you can, you just don't want to. But, I can't keep a modeling job. Uh, and one was an account exec, but they they were just they were normal jobs, right? And they were the kind of people that we know who were who were like that. And so they they were very deliberate about how they you know the professions those characters were in, as well as where they uh, where they were living. Um, so the show revolved around five gay men and a lesbian couple, all of them friends. Um, they they only had one central hetero. Uh, character which was the mom of one of the one of the main characters which you know you were mentioning mentioning it earlier like ellen how she tricked uh, you know tricked in quotes uh america by being straight and then coming out as gay and they're like oh wait i thought this you know the, the concept of having a hetero and a very gay dominated uh well in a in any show normally the gays i guess let me backtrack gays and in, in traditionally uh 
in media, you always have, there's a central, like, like uh, a uh, weighted kind of gay person or hetero person in there. Um, you know, there's the, the Alice in Wonder, Wonderland effect, right? It's Alice, you know, sweet old Alice in this crazy Wonderland. And so that's normally how, you know, gays were depicted in, in mainstream media. And this was kind of flipped the script, right? The, the mom was so loopy and she was kind of a comedic relief. Like, you really had to focus on, on the gay characters in the show. So that was a, a big deal and kind of a, uh, a turning point, which actually got a lot of interesting, and I'll get into a little bit, uh, reaction from folks, uh, from, from people that were re- reviewing the show um, in terms of how they interpreted it. But the five characters, the five gay characters was brought, you know, First, there was Brian. He was kind of the alpha male. He would have what I'd call BDE. He had that big dick energy. All of the characters kind of revolved oh. him. No, is that not a thing? Mm. BDE? Sounds yummy. We never saw it, so I guess we can't uh, can't tell. But he had that confidence. He was the sexy guy. Kind of everyone wanted to be with him. Uh, he was all about, you know, his character originally was portrayed, but I don't care about feelings. I'm just here for the sex. Like, there's a quote in the in, you know, it says, like, all about the one-night stands. Um, and, and it was very kind of like people, there was one scene where they wrote fag or, um, queer or something on his, or faggot on, on his, uh, his, um, his car, his Jeep. And he didn't care. He was like, he was riding with, with, you know, like with it. Yeah. In your face sort of thing. But you know, that's one of those things, especially like in the, in 2000, it's not one of those you wear, you're like, I don't give a F, but there is some sort of like, it's, I won't say it's a false armor, but you put that armor almost as not as a. Uh, like I'm, I'm bold. I'm proud. It's just like I'm not gonna be scared of you, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it is yeah, a, yeah. It, it's a, it's a tension. I yeah. mean, you've described this before, Kendall. I think it's like I'm just gonna I'm gonna be try to be as tough as you are, right? Yeah, and, and show you that I'm not scared of you. And so it's almost like it's coming from a place of fear versus a place of dominance. Yeah. But he, nonetheless, he had that, and I think that kind of made his character interesting throughout uh, throughout the show. Uh, his best friend was Michael, who was kind of like one of the, I'd say one of the main characters, but often was kind of the the voice or the narrator throughout the show. Michael was played by Hal Sparks, who I, I probably is the most notable one in terms of, of who I know as, a, as an actor, uh, who's a straight man. But he was the BFF. He was a of, of Brian. He was a comic book nerd. He uh, started the show as, as a store manager and became... Um, his uh be- became his uh, his own uh business owner he ran his own comic book shop um his plot line got interesting because he married a man with uh or got involved with a man with hiv and so that was a big deal at the time again 2000 uh, yeah. we were coming off the the kind of the massive scare of hiv but we started to realize like it's not a term like you're not gonna die immediately from it but that his plot line got interesting in that case because his mom, who was the again the one, he, his mom was the one hetero character, was like main hetero character, in the show. She was super liberal, super loving of her, like almost to an embarrassing sense of like how proud she was of her son for being gay. And one scene, she's like, "Oh, you're gonna go cruising tonight." Um, and so, but when she found out her son was dating a man with HIV. She was. She flipped the script. She's like, no. You're, in her mind, she was like, my she son's gonna afraid, die. Yeah. She was super scared, and there was a lot of controversy. The show actually got some backlash. Like how, like this mom was so woke to use today's terms. Yeah. Uh, and yet she was so anti. She was like, she didn't want anything to do. Her son to have anything to do with that um, guy with HIV. So that was a, a big. But then thing. I think that just shows realness. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, well, that's what the writers were. The writers who were mentioned the two guys earlier, they're gay. So they, you know, they were coming from their perspective and what they knew to be, to be reality. 
Um, you had Justin, who was another character on the show. He was kind of the young, innocent gay that kind of played the a love interest throughout the series of, of Brian. Uh, again, who was the kind of the alpha guy. And then you had two other characters, Emmett and Ted. The one thing I would note on 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 Justin, he was this innocent gay that came from nowhere. In the first in the in the first episode, he hooks up with Brian. He's not part of the group. He comes from from out of town. He's a new. He's a 17 year old boy trying to come in to the um, the gay scene. So he goes to this gay bar, and that's where he meets Brian. And they hook up in this very erotic, um, passionate sex scene in that first Ew. episode. And so they do all of. They go through the full gamut of you know anal, oral, uh, rimming. All that oh comes my up. Goodness. Yeah. All in that first episode. So Tell very wow. provocative, right? Um, Was there felching? Uh, yes, all, all of that. Let's Google. Bukaki. <laughs> feel free to look all those things yeah. up. Not on your work computer. Yeah. Fistula? Um, the other thing I would note is like the two other characters that kind of um, you know, passed Rosebud. over them. Emmett, he, he was a kind of the flamboyant guy. He was the queen, often used for comic, comic relief. Think about you know Jack McFarlane from Will and Grace, and then Ted, who I, I think was an interesting character because he was an accountant and he was very. We, you would we, find the accountant interesting. Well, I, I think it's interesting because it, the Aww. the character was the because normally you see the Jack and the Will like oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. people that are very out there, or you see a Brian who's a, a, a dominant person, but. Actually, in most cases, in, up until 2000, the gays were comic relief. But you got to see a realistic view of this accountant because he had this low self-confidence. It was a whiny to an extent, but it was like he, he wasn't confident, always trying to hit, you know make moves on guys, but he couldn't get anywhere. So it was just – it was then – we have friends. He was like kind that, of a dorky right? accountant. Yeah. Yeah, typical. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And then the lesbian couple. So, again, the world revolved around Brian, right? So Lindsay was one half of the lesbian couple. She actually had a uh, baby through uh, in vitro with Brian and so that caused tension with her partner Melanie because Melanie was always jealous of the relationship they had so that's the the central characters of the show um, the show ran for five seasons it was the highest rated premiere when it came out in, uh, in 2000 that th- that Showtime had in the three years that they were run- you know in that, that three years prior um, but you know and when it premiered like in New York City so that the big big display uh, a big premiere sh- a party. Um, there were gasps uh, from the largely gay audience because they were like, "I can't believe that this is hap- Like we're watching this. Yeah, like, yeah. This you know the first scene of the uh, of the um, of the TV show. It opens up. They're in a gay bar, so it's the the two thousands electronic oons 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 music. You see a go go dancer. Well, it was a, a room thong. full of gay guys in the dark. There probably wasn't gas. <laughs> well, but in that point, it's like gagging. you know, in the first four minutes, they they go into a back room that's like dark, you know, dimly lit with like red lights and dark, and there's all you know blowjobs, uh, anal, all going on in kind of the the bathroom area. Like this is all happening in the first four minutes, so people are very shocked that this is something that I mean, gays know this to be a reality, or a lot of them, but and this was now on your televisions. Um, so that again, it was just uh, it, it started off with a bang. Now, what I would say is again, it was the epic scene that I talked about in the first show. Like, there's first those four minutes of that gay bar, but then at the end, it ends with the 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 gay sex scene of and and it starts. Uh, Brian asks, he's like, are you, something along the lines are like, are you gonna come and go? Or are you gonna come? and then go and so it was like very again in your face yeah. provocative sort of thing and so um it for a while on on showtime it was one of the highest rated shows on the network uh because it gave a real intimate look uh it was the first of of kind of the 
of gay gay life and it was the first time an audience really saw what gay men did so they were kind of peering like heteros could kind of look in and peer and like what and do these gay people do affirm that all of their stereotypes about us were true well <laughs> that was some of the controversy right it's like is that you know is it portraying stereotypes is it showing this kind of this vapid gay community um and you know is it all just about you know about sex because one of the lines that the character says is it starts with it's all about sex. Like, that's the first line in the show. And so, you know, they say that, and I think, you know, yes, the gay community could, there are people in it that are very promiscuous, but I don't think that's a matter of, like, big dick energy. It's like, how can I find, in some instances, it might be a way of, like, filling a void of, like, loneliness, right? Because I can't have a partner. I can't be out. So if I'm intimate with someone, I at least yeah. those, you know, Two minutes, thirty minutes, whatever, like thirty seconds. You it have that. Two minutes. <laughs> you have that 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 intimate touch with someone. So, um, but it was really in, intended to uh, shatter some taboos. Um, but some folks were like, it lacks depth. There was one uh, review in two uh, in two thousand two from. How many seasons was it? On? It was on for five seasons. Five. Uh, in in the New York Times, one of the reviews was like they were talking about the best gay show on TV, but they were saying it was Sex in the City. As opposed to the yeah yeah queer folk, because the, I you read this and I was I was gonna send it to you guys, but I was like oh I'm gonna talk about it because the the, the Tony wouldn't have read it though. <laughs> True, it was, wasn't that long. The aspect of the or the the position this person was taking, the writer uh, of that article was saying, you know, Sex in the City doesn't put it in your face. Like you know, people you're you're not judged because you're gay. You're judged you know by by who you are, and I think that's lofty to say but like in 2000 that wasn't a reality i think a lot of people were judged because they were gay oh of course, and they were yeah. like and they quoted the writers from both shows it's like you know we're the writers from sex and the city is like we're not trying to portray like people different we want people to be you know loved basically for who they are and not because of the who they have sex with um whereas the writers for uh, queer as folk were like we're writing from a place of anger because they were gay they yeah, knew yeah. like so With when they were face. writing about homophobia and discrimination and gay bashing they were like these are things that happen our day-to-day yeah, yeah, lives yeah. whereas so there's a there was some backlash again from gays and from from straight people who were like you're throwing it on our face you're being provocative and what they were trying to say is like this is our life like yeah this is, exactly yes there's a lot of sex that happens but it's not sex for the sake of sex like there's some um there's some depth to why we have this shallow like sex yeah, yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. It is it because we we've got something going on internally that we're still trying to work through. Right? Yeah, and I'm not saying that's the case for everyone, but that's what they were trying to portray. Like it's not just we're doing this. I mean, you realize that the main character again, the guy with the you know the alpha male character, like he's he's a complicated as much as like on the surface it's like oh well he's just a shallow guy who just wants to have a bunch of one night stands. He's a complicated character, right? Yeah. That with emotions that, you know, he's got this alpha male, like almost straight exterior, but he's gay. And, you know, he, as much as he wants to fit in with everyone and be the big dog at his firm as an accountant, there's some real life homophobia that he's got to kind of navigate through, right? So, yeah. um, so those are things that I think were interesting in terms of the reaction to, uh, to that, uh, to the show. I mean, so, again, there were comments that was too soapy, it was too in your face. Uh, but the writers maintain, you hear the writers talk about it, like we were trying to give an honest depiction of gay life. And if you thought it was too provocative, it's like, that's, that's on you. We were telling a story. Uh, and so they wanted to be true uh, to, to, to gay life. 
so I, I in the end I think you know it had a big impact on on gays that were watching it during that time uh, because they was the first time that they got to see gay men like as mm-hmm. main characters as central characters not as the the you know revolving around the straight characters or not as the the butt yeah. of the joke it, they were living and this life. is kind of their everyday life yeah in yeah. intimate relationships having complex relationships yeah. and uh, and the stuff they face and go through and there was I was reading a, a an article of a guy who was kind of um, doing being reflective on it so he wrote the the article this year a column and he was saying that you know being gay at the time seems such a, a mishmash of threat of AIDS of not being a man uh, dying alone and a lifetime of misery and rejection which we've all talked about like you know our coming yeah, yeah. out journey like these are feelings that we felt and he said this was the first time many gay teenagers saw same sex affection much let alone gay sex like you think about it I mean you know men boys having sex like we have no clue when you're if you're losing your virginity at 15 16 17 like you don't know what's going on maybe you have some if you're straight you can get some like idea because you can on tv you mm-hmm. see that happening but if you're a gay man or you have no idea if people like, do talk about it like they talk about straight sex right? right like if your dad gives you a talk or something yeah. yeah but you can even even if you like that's like you can't. You couldn't even point to TV of like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't even know what gay sex is, but you know you're attracted to to men, right? I mean, and I mean, or women. If you're like most of society, when they're talking about it, it's like in a derogatory manner, and you know, like at that time or prior to that. So if you're like a teenager in the 2000s, yeah, you know, yeah, like what you've heard, and you haven't heard yeah. lots, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. So I mean. So it's just one of those things that it was interesting to kind of hear that man's perspective. He was like, uh, you know, he had to sneakily, and I mentioned the same thing. He's like, I had to sneakily watch it on my on his brother's old 1970s TV um, so that he could quickly, you know, he could have an eye on the hallway if anyone's coming oh, okay. and quickly change the channel if, like, someone was coming. Um but as I mentioned at the start of the story, like that's kind of that was kind of my story too. Not that I was really worried, but it was just going to be one of those things. Like, why are you watching this gay show? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, just it's just it was just on TV. I'm not gay. Yeah, but those are the things. Isn't that, that kinda, crazy? Yeah. yeah. So today, um, just for for perspective, like we're we're reflecting on it almost 20 years later. Uh, they're actually in talks to do. There have been talks about doing a reboot. First, Bravo was uh, rumored to pick it up, and now there's some talks that maybe M- NBC, their streaming service, will pick it up. Um, of course, some of the considerations, right? I mean, you probably don't want to do a reboot with the old cast because they're all older. Because now interested. they're an old cast. Yeah. Who cares about the, the gays? Who cares about the fifty-year-olds? Just kidding. Um, but it, it, it might not be uh, a prime st- uh, character group for you know the, your target demo, which is what typically your twenty-five to thirty-four-year-olds. Yeah. So they got to figure something out. The other thing is, at the time, it was an all-white cast, right? And they were. All, Gay, and you had a couple lesbians, so um, you didn't really get it. The so they're all, all cisgender, right? So you didn't get yeah. any you know, transgender. transgender. Yeah, there's no minorities on there, so they'd have to think about that. The other thing is, there was a lot of elements of cruising and meeting people at the gay bars. Well, how do you meet people now? Apps. Yeah. So. Well, they had looking a few years ago, right? Which was like supposed to be there modern day queers folk, and I think it was HBO. Yeah, and it people was only really like didn't one or two watch. seasons. Yeah, yeah. I think it was two. Plus, yeah. you got to find the relevancy of like how that story play, like how a show like that fits into everything. I mean, with yeah. Netflix and Hulu, like YouTube, because like, I you did find your niche anyway. When like when Looking was out, um, I actually liked it. I thought it was a good show. But I remember thinking, 
if I wasn't gay, I, I just wouldn't be engaged in this show. Because well, you understand everything they're going through. But if I was straight, I'd like, okay, I don't know. I just And that was some of the crit- criticism at the time when it came out, too. It's just like, obviously, the gays could could understand and appreciate what that was going on. Yeah, and really. But the, how to, like, you have to cruise for men if you're going to find out, like, find a, a mate, potentially. Yeah. Not even in, like, a cruisy, like, go have sex, but it's those long, lingering stares, like, are you gay? Like, will you? I mean, so... Um, so heteros can't relate to that. And so they were like, we, you got to c- get past that so that we can get into your more complex storylines about having a loving relationship and those sorts of things. Those did come out over time, but it was just one of this a reality of like, they wanted to be true to the gay experience. Yeah. Um, but also like, uh, you, you know, they needed to be more inviting to a kind of a broader audience if they were going to have that mass appeal. Nowadays, I don't think because you have Hulu and Netflix, you don't really have to have that mass appeal, right? You can, there are plenty of shows. That it was also, I mean, the reason it was, Showtime knew it was controversial. They were trying to, they liked it because it was controversial. They knew Rage. that it would be buzz. They knew that Cinemax was considered Skinemax and HBO was considered bad. You know, like, Part of it was they were going towards that because yeah. I think it was taboo. I, and they've lost some of that taboo appeal now, I think. I do I do think that it was good. It was genuine in the sense that you had gay writers and that were involved in producers and the uh, the show. Unlike sometimes when you have a, a woman type, you know, it's like men writing the, the – uh, um, the commercials for tampons. It's like, well, you don't know. Yeah, we exactly. don't know anything about that experience. But yep, we want to be the dominant voice on that, which is crazy. Luckily, those things don't happen as much. But, I mean, we mentioned Looking. There was a lot of other shows that with the L word. I mean, Queer as Folk paved the way for not... I mean, Will and Grace was and Ellen were instrumental to kind of like the mainstream. Like, we're, gonna, we're, we're not going to put gay in your face. But Queer as Folk was like, we're going to be gay and it's going to be all in yeah, your yeah. face. And, and graphic. And, right. Yeah. And so they allowed, again, shows like The L Word, uh, Looking, and other shows that came after that to kind of really be like embrace the full. And even things like that were on, that have recently been on mainstream TV, which is uh, uh, How to Get Away with Murder and uh, was the other one, Scandal, where that was like, you saw that now. Like the same thing you, that we were gasping about in 2000 with Queer as Folk, you saw on ABC and Primetime, right, with those shows. So Queer as Folk, again, led the way for, for that. So uh, a big show that came out in, in 2000, and here we are now. Like uh, now it seems like, oh, that was nothing. But yeah. it still was a well, big, now here we are influential show. Getting married and it's legal. You and your wedding. All you talk yeah. about is your oh, wedding. Oh, you and your fiance. Guys, stop talking oh about my, my wedding so much. Oh, my gosh. How are the but wa- speaking be- of. Before my- we go that way, how are the wedding plans coming? Just update. Everyone wants to know. People are asked like, oh. You seem been? exhausted from this wedding. <laughs> that's the, the wedding that's going to happen six he, months he, now. He can't take any more naps because he's wedding planning constantly. How oh, my God. You don't take any more naps now that you're wedding planning? Mm-mm. You, used to do you know, I gave day. up on naps. Oh, did you? Yeah, I give how, up on them. How are the? Uh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. How are the the plans coming though? Are we coming? You don't, we don't have to get into details, but any good like you got a venue and a date. And yeah, venue, date, all that kind of stuff. I don't know the guest list. Y'all probably won't be on it well, because good. of the way you're treating me right this now. This way, we don't have to give you a gift. Even better. I didn't say. Oh my god. Because <laughs> I'm homophobia. I'll be celebrating at the gay bar. Here's the yeah. candle. Yeah. We'll pour one. We're out drinking his gift away. We do need cater waiters. Most of them oh, are gay, so y'all can apply. Can I wear something skimpy? Oh, nobody wants to see this in skimp. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I'll bartend. Wait, hey, Mister. But speaking of weddings, 
Um, December 3rd, 1996, a Hawaiian state court upheld the right of same-sex couples to legally marry. Now, this was the first time a court ruled that gays could get married legally, ever. And it also started a whole, like... In the U.S.? Yes. It started a whole domino effect that brought us to... This was, what, 96? This was 96. That gave us DOMA and gave us a lot of the constitutional bans on same-sex marriage. So, the backstory is, in Hawaii in 1991, there were three gay couples, two lesbian couples and a gay couple, that went to the... You had to go to the health department to try to get married. Anybody, straight people. That's where they went to try to get a marriage license. So, they went and said, we fulfill the requirements to get married, except that we're gay. And they were denied. The director of health denied them. So, they sued... It went to court. It was a big deal. Um, they were kind of laughed at. They were viewed as troublemaking gays, of course, because anytime you ask for rights when you're outside of the mainstream, right. you're just a troublemaker. So it went to court, um, and then it was denied. Like, they lost the case, but it was appealed, and it went to the state Supreme Court, and the state Supreme Court said the state needs to prove it needs to do a better job proving why, why the gays should not be allowed to marry. By that time, the whole country was talking about it. And they was like, oh my God, this is serious because the state Supreme Court didn't just flat out say, you crazy girl. Yeah. Um, so while this is going on, states are starting to take notice. It's in the news. The straight Christians are freaking out. Um, you know, they're still molesting little boys in the Catholic Church and all that kind of stuff, but they're just That's in okay. public. Yeah, of That's course. Okay. So the state Supreme Court, like I said, sent it back to the trial court uh, for the state to say why it had a compelling interest to deny couples the right to marry. And then, so it's, that was in 91. It's slowly going through the courts. And in 96, the court that it was sent back to, uh, the Judge Chang ruled that the state did not meet this burden to show, like the state wasn't allowed to show, or wasn't able to show, show. that why they shouldn't be allowed to get married. Um, and he stayed the ruling, meaning like it's obviously going to get appealed. So until that appeal is done, it's no. technically legal to get married, but we're not going to let it happen until this is settled at the state Supreme Court. Oh, okay. So once that happened is when it was 37 states um Introduce legislation to ban same-sex marriage. Right. This is all while we're waiting for that appeal to happen after 96 and after they've legalized it through court order in Hawaii. So 16 states wound up in a short amount of time banning it. And they did it Whether by... it be legis mostly legislatively oh, okay. because it's quicker to do that and easier to yeah. do that than it is to put it on a constitutional on a ballot, yeah. which it likes, takes a little time. Um. So it took years in the appeals court. But one of the repercussions in this panic that ensued because, oh, my God, the gays want to get married and bake cookies on the weekends and get out of the sex clubs. Gross. <laughs> which is what I hear is going to have to happen when I'm married. <laughs> um, Bill Clinton. So a lot of people were like, we need to ban, constitutionally ban same-sex marriage or at least legislatively say it's illegal, which is when you had DOMA, Defense of Marriage Act, in the United States Congress pass saying no state was required to um what's the word Burn. recognize 
another state's same sex legally same sex recognized couple. So if it's legal in one state, it, California, it doesn't have to be recognized in Mississippi if yeah. they move. That made it a whole lot harder for any law to pass in any state um, for same sex marriage. It kind of put a, a national ban on same sex marriage, kind of like the marijuana laws now. Like any mm. state can pass marijuana laws, but the it's illegal U.S. government yeah. makes it illegal yeah. for like banking reasons and moving it across state lanes and all that. So a lot of states are like, until the Congress figures their mess out or the Supreme Court, yeah. we're not even going to deal with it. It was that same kind of like limbo in Hawaii. So that's when DOMA was passed, which was a huge, I mean, probably the worst and most discriminatory law, national law against yeah. the gays. Because no, the the anti-sodomy laws and all that were... They didn't have a national anti-sodomy Yeah, it was just like jurisdiction by jurisdiction. This was the entire U.S. government saying, we're not going to recognize your marriage. And we're going to give no federal benefits to mar- yeah. your state marriage. And all that came about is a panic to this 1996 law, or court case that passed December 3rd. So it's going through the courts for years before the, about two years before the state Supreme Court listened to it again. But in that time, the Hawaii legislature said, well, we're going to stop this. We're going to make this whole point moot by constitutionally banning it. Oh, really? So what they did was they put on the ballot a referendum asking, because it was a little different than the other states. The other states are like, Let's change our constitution to say we will not recognize same-sex marriage. That happened a lot in 2004 and all that. Um, But that year, it was actually November 3rd, 1998. The voters approved 69 to 39%. There was 1% of the idiots that didn't know what they were doing, so the ballots were thrown out because they were blank. So that's why it's 69 to 39%. But the question was, shall the Constitution of the State of Hawaii be amended to specify that the legislature shall have the power to reserve marriage to opposite-sex couples? So the people were putting it in the Constitution that the legislature can decide if the gays can or not. So, of course, the legislature passed a ban on same-sex marriage because the the people approved that the Constitution give them that right. So... By that point, the state Supreme Court ruled that they upheld the the ruling, the 1996 ruling, and said, but it doesn't matter because now there's just constitutional so ban pretty much on same-sex marriage. So I guess that's kind of weird that, like, the court case was in the courts before, and then they legislated mm-hmm. against it. And then when the Supreme Court ruled, they said, well, it doesn't matter because now there's legislation. That's kind of weird. The original court case was 1991. The court case that settled it was 1999. But they had been... Yeah. It had been mooted because the people went to the ballot and said, we're going to change our constitution to allow us. So I guess they would have had to... Somebody would have had to challenge that constitutional law through the courts to get it overturned. Which the Supreme Court didn't listen to until 2015 which they the national, in a five yeah, to four decision they ruled on behalf the of same sex marriage. Court, yeah. Why cuz they would always say there's no no standing like what they would just they wouldn't pick it up or there wasn't enough organization. Uh there were the Supreme Court has to hear it in a certain way. Like you can't just say I have a right to be 
married. You have to show it has to be like the Goldilocks court case. Well, and I do feel like we've talked several times about how, like, a lot of times they want the perfect case to yeah. go. So, like, Lawrence versus Texas, and then um, Leonard Matlovich. Matlovich, you know, he they that his whoever the gay rights activist was wanted the perfect person to challenge the military. So maybe it was because, I mean, the cases that went before there were in 2015, like one of the ladies, she had lived with her wife for like decades. And then when the wife died, she wasn't necessarily entitled to everything as her wife. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like. So in 2009, the legislature passed a same sex marriage uh, bill that in 2010 legalized or I'm sorry civil unions so in 2010 they legalized civil unions but the Republican governor vetoed it and the Republican governor who was a woman Linda Lingle single woman was the most butch closet case Ugh. we'll probably get sued but it's that. true so she vetoed it give a fuck. they passed it again in 2012 closet lesbian Republican governor vetoed again was it Tulsi Gabbard's dad no you saw that ad, didn't you? <laughs> no. Her, like, it was from the, I don't even know, I wouldn't say her. But, well, she's about my age, so it's probably from the 90s. Her and her brother, like, her dad's running for office. Governor? Was he the governor of Hawaii? No, he was state legislature. Anyways, he's like, they're anti, it was an anti-LGBT ad, and she's mm-hmm. in it. Of course, she didn't know what she was doing, so I'm not going to hate her Right, for that. exactly. I'll just dislike her for She knew reasons. up until a year ago when she decided to run for president, and then all of a sudden was... Apologize for her horribly anti-gay views. You hate her. But anyway, uh, finally, in November 13, 2013, same-sex marriage was passed because it was signed by a Democratic governor. Oh, okay. This is why your vote matters when you want rights, because Republicans will limit your rights, I feel like, But they're all about following the Constitution and your rights and government staying out of your business. So, I mean, what are you talking about, Kendall? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and anyway, it was all became legalized across the country in June 26, 2015, with the Obergefell and Hodges Supreme Court case that passed five to four. So, one person decided that I could have a wedding in April and decide whether or not I'm going to let y'all come. You have anything fun on your registry? That you're I'll be a bartender. Oh, do you have sex toys? No, I'm just going to ask he's for re- people to... He's registering at Candy's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> yeah, We're not no. doing that. We're not going to be those we cases. Have those. Like, we, we want a pump. And, uh, what, 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 let's We're just go. asking for blank checks. What are the, uh, the sex toys that Kendall and Ben would be asking for? Uh, well, it's like double-sided dildo. On that thing, uh, it's like, what do you get them that they don't already have? You know? Sleep aids? We to go to sleep faster. Bunway, what are they called? What are the balls called? That Benoit okay. balls. Adult Benoit diapers. Balls. No, yeah. Adult diapers. There's one rolling around here. Uh, Benoit balls, not Benoit diapers. balls. Benoit balls. Uh, you already have those. Um, ben what else? balls. Uh, Fleshlights. Anything else? <laughs> Nipple clamps. A car battery. Car battery. Oh my God. Jumper, Come on, Tony. What, what else? Jumper on, cables. I've never even heard of half of you these. Never, Baseball bat. Meanwhile, you go to Tony's sex dungeon. He has them all. He's, I know. He just calls I'm like, don't, don't go in there. That's why when you come it's to my house, skeletons. that one room that's always closed, I'm like, don't go in there. He calls them all like people names. Don't talk to Tabitha that way. Yeah. <laughs> that's his little fur whip. Anyways, Tony, give us, bring us home with uh, uh, Bathhouse Betty. You finished? Yeah. Um, okay. So ending on a lighter note, but still a dirty note. Um so tonight I'm going to talk about Bette Midler, who was born this week, December 1st, 1945. 
the reason I want to talk about her Dang, tonight. She's getting old. Yeah, she's in her 70s. Um, the reason I want to talk about her is she actually um, really got discovered and kind of propelled her career by performing in the gay bathhouses in 1970 in New York. So um, I've never been to a bathhouse that has a performance like that. So different type of performances. Well, and I'll, I'll get into yeah. why the bathhouse was actually started, this particular one. So, um, the Bette, con- yeah, okay. so Bette Midler, she was born in Hawaii and – uh, she, you know, was interested in acting. She was going to college and she just wasn't really into the college scene. And she got a role as an extra in the movie Hawaii. And when she did that, she used that money to go to New York cause she wanted to just, you know, pursue acting. So she moves to New York and she, the first four or five years she was there, she did some off, off Broadway. She actually got a couple of parts on Broadway, but she was taking acting lessons and things like that. And she was trying to you know, uh, make a name for herself, um, but relatively kind of unknown. And then in 1970, she actually um, started performing in uh, a gay bathhouse, the Continental. And how it came about was, so this guy that started the bathhouse, um, he he had this bathhouse and he actually wanted to um, – I'll get into later why, but he wanted to start having entertainment there. So he wanted a disco uh, room with like a dance floor, and he Isn't wanted that what the the mazes for the uh, the har- like the uh, glory holes. No, different type of entertainment. Yeah. So he he. So I'll get into it in a minute why, but um, so he was talking to one of her instructors, and he said, you know, I want to start having like a cabaret lounge, like, and you know, I'm going to have a disco room with a DJ. And he said, I know this great lady that would be a good act for, you know, you should contact her. And she had prepared, you know, she had this like 20 minute, you know, song and comedy routine that she had done. It was pretty established. And so as soon as he talked to her, she just said, I'll do it. Um, And she was kind of shocked that when she went there for her first performance, that her entire audience was like practically naked in their Mm -hmm. little towels. But she thought, you know, doesn't bother (laughs) me. She just didn't skip a beat. So... It was the um, the Continental Baths, which was um, uh, a bathhouse in New York City that started in 1968. And so, for our listeners that don't know, you know, the bathhouse historically is a place where gay men go to have sex, and it's kind of like, you know, there's like saunas, pools, whatever, private rooms where you can just do whatever. But largely, it's gay men go there to just have sex. Um, and you said you did some research there prior to this. Uh, I should have, but I didn't have time. It's like, again, it's a tax write-off. Yeah, uh, I've actually never been to a bathhouse. I'm not le- leading my best life here. Um, so, uh, the guy that started apparently this was a pretty nice uh, bathhouse, and it was um, uh, pretty clean, everything like that. So the reason that he wanted to so you got so to put it in context this was he had started it before Stonewall and this was like right after Stonewall. So in New York City a lot of the gay bars were pretty dirty, pretty seedy. The bar owners had to pay off the cops. They still got raided. The patrons had to pay off the cops and the bartenders and the bar owners kind of treated the pay- patrons like shit because they had no options, right? There's only a handful of gay bars, whatever. And he just didn't like that. And he wanted to have some place where gay men could go. They could dance and party. They could go to a cabaret show, but also go to the bathhouse. And he's he wanted a place where they could get good drinks. They got treated well, just like normal 
bar customers, not, you know, I'm going to treat you like shit because you have no option to go anywhere. So it was a pretty big bathhouse. There were 400 small rooms. There were about 1,000 men a day. It was open 24 hours. Um, So he wanted to start having entertainment. So he put in the dance floor um, uh, where there was a DJ, and then he had a separate cabaret lounge, which these places seemed very huge. Um, So Bette Midler started performing there, and she was... Uh, she basically did mostly music, but she'd do a song and then she'd, you know, do comedy in between and she had, you know, pretty elaborate costumes, things like that. Um, and she was pretty much an instant hit with the gays. I mean, she just was very brash with her humor, very edgy. She told smutty jokes, um, but she had a really good voice and she could sing anything, you know, she just, uh, was a very good singer And she was very witty. She would kind of do a lot of ad hoc based on like what was going on with the audience and stuff like that. So the gays just loved her. She was like kind of an instant sensation. And even straight people started to go there a bit to see her. Straight's always coming in and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, appropriating culture. Yeah. Um, But it really kind of. I know they're all doing anal now. It really made her kind of a. Doesn't that make you sad? Like now, all over the straights are doing anal now. Like they're into. They are uh, Let doing me find anal. Them. They're doing. And she ain't even got a prostitute. And they're into <laughs> analingus now. Fingers up the butt now. Like they're all into that straight. Straight people. guys want the strap on. Straight people, you are gross. Yeah. Uh, but Your mom's listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have something in common? I don't think so. <laughs> so this really kind of. <laughs> Not um, bad made her kind of a rising star within the New York performing community and really kind of got her name out there. And because of this, she was invited on Johnny Carson and that kind of legitimized her like being on Johnny Carson. And she was able to go mainstream because she's kept up, you know, she kept her persona of smutty jokes, witty, brash humor, but she always kept it pretty classy. And so, um, a lot of people, you know, really think um, this was a good thing for the gay rights movement because it showed that we could have, like, um, you know, an intertwining of cultures, right? Like, she was thought, I've been just going to perform at this cabaret, and then she's like, holy shit, there's all these gay men in towels, but who cares? I'm just going to perform. I, I can't imagine, though, like, uh, being like, hey, we're going to go through, uh, get a handy, and then, like, let's go listen in my towel, listen to Well, there was a documentary that. about it, and they like, said the straight couples would be in there, and they're, like, going out. Like, he'd be a suit, she'd be in a dress, and next to him would be a guy in just a towel. Really? But wasn't there someone, are you, you get, get to who she was, didn't she perform with? Barry Manilow. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, uh, at the, at the bath house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. was her piano player. Yeah. Which he didn't come out of the closet until, what, two Recently, years ago? Recently, yeah. Which I didn't know that. Um, he got lost in one of those You didn't know he was gay or you didn't know if he was... He came out I didn't know he came out just like a couple years ago. Like he he's available. Lost. I don't think he's dating anyone. He got lost in the mazes and the uh, bathhouses. They have those. So they do I've have heard, mazes? I've heard. Okay. Allegedly. Like what? what is the maze? You just get lost or? Thomas, tell us. I don't know. I've, uh, I've I'm seen sure who, your I've, seedy ha- friends have told you. Haven't me. you? If you would have watched Queer as Folk, I'm sure you would have seen the scene. Where I am going to start watching Queer as Folk. It sounds pretty good. Nothing wrong with going to bathhouse. Um, hey, no. Hey, no. You get clean there, apparently. But so a lot of people saw this as progress because, you know, it was kind of intertwining of cultures. But then she was able to go mainstream immediately after, like very big mainstream and like 
nobody really held it against her that, oh, you got your start in the gay bathhouse. Wasn't her first album called Bathhouse Betty? No. So she did an album in the – her first album was called The Divine Miss M. Oh, okay. And so – That sounds like a gay man gave her that title. <laughs> like, you are the Divine Miss M. So based on her experience there, she did get signed by a record company, and she was so popular there – they wanted to record her at the bathhouse. And she didn't want that because she didn't want to get pigeonholed as, I only perform at the bathhouse. Um, so she recorded the album, uh, but she mostly did her you know, her songs and stuff that she did at the bathhouse. And it immediately was a big hit. It was the Billboard Top 10. She won a Grammy, things like that. And so she went on to... Um, you know, have a very successful career as an actor, you know, musician. But um, she really is a performer because a lot of people said if you had seen her at the bathhouse, you liked that album a lot more than people. You can. Did you see her on YouTube? Someone filmed her and she did a, like, I'm back at the bathhouse. And it was so long ago. It's a black and white clip. It's her performing at the bathhouse with Barry Manilow. How did that happen, though? Like, I mean, it's not like today where you could just whip out an iphone well they did it on purpose because it was a big deal that she yeah yeah so well they did um, i I did watch part of her it was her final um performance at the bathhouse oh i think it was that yeah and it was yeah it was uh so i just kind of i was at work so i didn't watch the whole thing but um it's really interesting though because it's like hr is gonna come talk to you tomorrow uh, monday (laughs) it's like her in a moment of lost gay history because they're a bathhouse so when i came out first started going out um and around 2000 bathhouses were still big like you went you went to the bar i didn't just because i didn't not because i was ashamed of it or whatever but you would go to the bar and then you go to the bathhouse afterwards to have sex now there's grinder yeah Yeah, i mean all these i mean if you've not been if you're gay but it kind of put out the bathhouse business i was gonna say if you're gay uh, now and you and you're on grinder then you've been to a a bathhouse it's just a virtual bathhouse okay yeah yeah although kind of because never mind but so um, I've heard allegedly, but she, uh, um, she was actually very proud of her uh, time there, and so her in the nineteen eight nineteen nineties she did an album called Bathhouse Betty, um, but you know when she reflects on it she said I'm very proud of my days when I got my start at the gay bathhouse, she said I felt like I was at the forefront of the gay liberation movement, and she said I hope that I had a small part in moving that forward. And she said, I wear the label Bathhouse Betty with honor. Um, she was – so she um, – like like getting to know – so actually I saw her perform here and then she also did kind of a fireside chat here in Houston. And I feel there's the just bathhouse? this – No, it was uh, – Club Houston? No, it was the br- Brilliant Lecture Series. But um, there's just kind of an honesty about her. So I guess some like interesting facts about her um, – uh, she is very honest, and I think like that probably came across when she was performing, and like her wittiness and banter with the audience was probably like you know just very, um, and so you know obviously, and and so not only did people say uh, you know she was a, a great performer, and you automatically liked that album a lot more, um, they did say she was like a firecracker on stage, and just listening to her music, you don't get the same energy and vibe is like seeing her she's just a really good performer so when she was in concert here in houston you know same she would do a song or two and then she would like talk for a bit and then back and forth and she said you know like there's been a few times in my life where i thought i'm gonna try songwriting and she said you know my husband he's always been very supportive everything so 
I'd write a few songs, and she goes, they were complete flops, like, <clears throat> just horrible, nobody liked them. So then she's like, okay, I'm not going to do that. So then several years later, she goes, I'm going to try songwriting again. So after three or four attempts of this, you know, because she'd write one or two songs of the flop, and um, her husband goes, you know, stick to what you know. Like, just, <laughs> you're not a good songwriter. Um, but one thing, she, uh, so she was voted most talkative and most dramatic in high school. Um, so the movie Sister Act was actually written for her. Oh, she would have been good on that. Yeah, so it was written. Is that ri- a whoopee? Yeah, so it was written for her. And she turned it down, and they said, this was written for you. We don't want anyone but you. And she goes, I just don't see it. I, I don't see my audience resonating here. I, No. She just didn't think it would be. And then she's like, looking back, she goes, why the hell did I say that? Because Whoopi made a fortune. <laughs> and she actually was offered the lead role in Chicago, turned it down. Well, um, not in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Renee Zellweger. Hmm. Early yeah. 2003. She yeah. was also offered, and I do feel those two. She probably reflects back and think, "What did I? Th- what was I doing?" She's probably like, "I was too old for that." <laughs> Shut up, Kendall. <laughs> um, she was going to be Roxy Hart in she, her sixties. She on, was now, offered 50s. It anyways. Um, she was also offered the lead role in Misery, but she turned that down. Um, oh. and what Kathy has she been in? Uh, Beaches, that's it? So Beaches, yeah. So she did. So here's why I really like her. I, I just feel she's honest. So she, she had like a lot of lulls in her career. You know, she, like in, in the early 70s, she was a hit. She was in the bathhouse. It made her name. Divine Miss M was a hit album. She was on Johnny Carson. And then she kind of lulled for a bit. In the early 80s, she was in some... You know, like Outrageous Fortune, Ruthless People, a couple of kind of like smaller movies. And then in the late 80s, she had Beaches and Wind Beneath My Wings, which I mean, you know, like were both hits in their own. Was um, she in Hocus Pocus? No, she was nominated for an Oscar in the, I think around 79 for The Rose. That was like her big, okay. big coming out. So she, her first movie was huge. So she didn't have to do that whole like start out really small and yeah. grow into that. Um, but to me, like, she's very 80s. Yeah, very 80s, yeah. Um, but she was in Hocus Pocus. She was in First Wives Club. And so I think she kind of, like, ebbed and flowed. And people have asked her about that, about um, kind of, like, <sighs> they didn't really ask her about the lulls, but they were like, do you think you peaked? And then, you know, and I, I kind of look at it as, like, you know, kind of a little bit, little bit of ebbing and flowing, but... She said, you know, she goes, being on top isn't all that it's cracked up to be. And she goes, I've actually enjoyed when I'm not because she said, I worked really hard to get to the top and I was exhausted and really tired. And so she said, yeah, being a top's exhausting. So I hear. Is it? <laughs> How would I know? <laughs> but um, it's not for me. She, Allegedly. But she did say, you know, it is exhausting. It's tiring. And so she actually enjoyed because, I mean, she has stayed active her whole career. I mean, she's been on like recently on Broadway. She's done like a one woman show. Now um, she's on The Politician and she's so good on that. So she's going to be a main character on season two. So they introduced her like the last two episodes of Politician. So Politician and she was really Netflix. good on that. OK. Yeah. She, she had a Vegas show too for a while. To me, very kind of it, it's a character type. She, I, I, I um, associate her when they're not the same, only because they're redhead Jewish woman with Joy Behar. Mm. And there's some, there's something grating about. Look, 
I appreciate everything Bette Midler has done. So before you guys come for me, like, but it's just kind of like a, mm, I don't know. There's something about that's okay. it that's not, that I'm not. That what is not authentic or just don't think is great. You just I, don't maybe like it's her. too New Yorky. I think. I mean, I I love her. She's, I think it's she's weird. Great. She comes across as such a New Yorker, but she's from Hawaii. Yeah, she's but her, her parents, parents are from, are from Jersey. Yeah, from They're from Jersey. Okay. Yeah. So her her dad worked on the military base. That's why he was in. They were in Hawaii. She okay. So she has a special nostalgic place in my heart because my mom's favorite movie is beaches i love beaches yeah so and that was a huge movie and my favorite one of my favorite my sister and i used to watch big business i own that dvd i love big business yeah i think i'm i I think what rubbed me the wrong way with her was just like i i always kind of saw her beaches and i personally never liked that movie but i recognized like my sister and my mom used to like it um but like when she shaded lady gaga for imitating her wearing the mermaid outfit or something well that was oh, a blatant did. like copycat but why do you gotta call a girl mermaid out? in a wheelchair they all call each other out i mean come on i didn't even know so that. that was that was my only beat no i like bet midler i mean it's not like she's my um she's you not know. your number one diva I, yeah. I like her so i don't get yeah. me wrong i mean it's the same argument we were having about Pete Buttigieg. and i do feel she's like had it's okay that you hate her i feel do she's had a very um i do not hate her She's been very creative throughout her career. She's been very active. She's very charitable. She's a legend, so she can... She is. Once you get to her status, you can have your little career ups and downs because you've already maintained a certain level at the top that you're known for. It's like Cher. Proud advocate for the LGBT community. And she is very charitable. Yeah, you still hate her. In New York, she's involved with a lot of uh, neighborhood revitalization programs and then apparently in new york there were a bunch of kind of dilapidated parks and the city was like let's just bulldoze them concrete and she was like absolutely no and so she really took the initiative and probably put a lot of money into it but to revitalize these parks instead of just bulldoze them and turn she's them into a concrete. troll on twitter like i was gonna say for oh the, she for the children they know her hates the... trump yeah. yeah some of her i don't follow her on twitter but like on she's facebook and got good tweets yeah, yeah. And she is very she has perky um, tweets. Yeah, she's for a seven-year-old. Yes. She's got perky tweets. Good for yeah. you, girl. Yeah, that's that. But that was Ben Midler, and uh, you know, I think it's really cool that um, the gays kind of made her. I mean, I don't think she would like deny that either. I'm going to go rewatch that thing on YouTube with her at the baths. It's yeah, and one of the reasons. Yeah, so it's, it's actually like a one-hour in the gay area that made her famous yeah and it's a one hour thing that's why i thought because today when i was looking at a lot of this i was like oh let me like you know the youtube video popped up i thought i'll watch it because it's like her final performance at the bathhouse i thought oh that's cool and it's an hour long i was like oh so i, I just kind of no i mean i made a dig earlier i mean i think she's got, had a phenomenal career like she's i mean again a proud uh, ally to the lgbt so we i mean we definitely appreciate that lgbt community definitely appreciate that like she's um, she's a look. We're not mad that you hate her. Fierce fighter. Yeah. So good for her. Hate away. Her. We appreciate that. And Own your hatred. Experiences. All right. Well, that's good. Anything else before we wrap up? No. I wish those people would have wrapped it up in the bathhouse. On queers folk. Queers folk. Yep. That's how I learned about all the bathhouse stuff on queers. On queers folk. Sure. And and looking. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you for listening to our podcast and kicking with us this week. Again, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. A special thank you to the guy who keeps our sound in check, Spencer, Spencer from our Spoopy Podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear future episodes. Visit our website at letstalkaboutgaystuff.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff and on Twitter at Talk Gay Stuff. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think. We definitely, I mean, you just, actually, you can leave us a five-star review. You can leave us a one-star review. I will say this, that we have one one-star review on Apple Podcasts, which I'm fine with. Only if they would have, like, I would have been more fine with it if they would have given us Comment. a reason why they gave us a one yeah. star. They just dropped a one it star. It was Bed Midler. She heard you hated her. Root. Exactly. It was Pete Buttigieg. He heard you hated him. Oh, I don't care if he gives us one star. Right. Uh, Nobody hates. See, he's, he's trying to make that a thing. <laughs> just kidding. No, no one hates anyone. No one's hating Pete. No one's hating Bet. Uh, we love them. Um, but yeah, leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Um, and if you want to keep, you know, if you want to tell us any secrets, you can do it at let's talk about gay stuff at gmail.com. Also, give a listen to our sister podcast on the Listen Works Network because we are an official network now. Listen Works, uh, our spooky podcast. Take a listen to them; they're available now. Um, you can get catch them on all of the uh, podcast platforms where you listen. And uh, with that, we're here. We're queer. Get used to it.